0: Long. Way outside for the 3 It's He's go. it. He's got it. Let's go. so two-handed flush from Brittany Griner. Swing it on the They've got to put him up. They don't use it. And yes! The lumberjacks have done it! Spins.
1: big season for texas they finished 34 and 0 the number one ranked team from beginning to end winning their
0: first ncaa championship
1: and the first NCAA... hello everybody and welcome to another edition of the texas 24 podcast on the dave campbell's podcast network i'm matthew bruni and joining me is a beanied ishmael johnson ish how are you doing this morning
0: I'm doing good. It's beanie weather. What do you mean? What are you coming I, at me for
1: here? That's true. It is it is beanie especially in the North Texas region, you know. Yeah. That is definitely the case. I don't know what
0: the weather's like in Baton Rouge right now, but
1: it's kind of like Houston 2.0. No, so okay. it's it's just I just consider it Houston. Really yeah. four <laughs> hours away, but same thing. That's really all it is to me. Um, but yeah, it is it is getting a little a little chilly, but that means it's basketball season, that means it's conference season, which is what we've been waiting yeah. for. This is it. This is where we got to hit our stride. No more of uh, no more messing around. We got to mm-hmm. actually like be good every single podcast now. So right. this is a lot of pressure. I know. It, it, everything starts here. Season, yeah, it's
0: everything. What's what's, uh, what's the record? Uh, uh, a zero zero. Yeah, zero
1: zero <laughs> zero, zero zero. Clean slate. All, All, right. Right. All the losses we took earlier, some bad podcasts. <laughs> we just forget about them. We just move on. Um, but, yes, we have a lot to talk about. Uh, we're going to talk about Baylor, the Baylor men, well, and the Baylor women. But um going to talk about some uh, Houston, their situation with Sasser and Tremont Mark. I believe Tremont Mark is done for the year now as well. Mm-hmm. Um, then we got some other games to talk about. And on the women's side, uh, A&M women, Baylor women, like I mentioned. And uh, an interesting SMU and TCU result on that side as well. So, yeah. Ish, we got to start with Baylor. The men that are mm-hmm. one team in the country. Uh, first started conference play went on the road against Iowa state on January 1st. Um, y'all might've missed the game cause it was at like two 30 on January 1st. And we all know January 1st is just great football games for college football games, the, the mm-hmm. new year six bowls. And it was just hidden in there on ESPNU. So I watched it after the fact and, um, Baylor ends up beating Iowa state on the road, 77, 72. It was a really, really impressive performance. Cause it's, Iowa State is a solid team. They were 12-0 coming into the game. They are number eight coming into the game. I don't know if they deserve the number eight ranking. I don't think they're a top eight, top 10 team, but they are really, really good uh, defensively, and they have some capable offensive players at times as well. So it was a tough game for them uh, at Iowa State, and then they come back, and uh, on the 4th, so Tuesday, they beat Oklahoma at home. So they are now 2-0 in conference play they beat oklahoma 84 to 74 it was a game they felt like they had control of the whole time but they'd never really pulled away it was like five to ten for like the whole game for baylor and they end up winning by 10 so where are we with this baylor team uh what's what has stood out to us through two games of conference play and uh just uh how are we feeling
0: yeah i i, I mean i think this is a team that can win a national title i mean like i, I think point blank um this was kind of, that was kind of my skepticism heading into the year was does this team have this the not even the ceiling of last year's team because i think that's a different conversation we can probably have in a little bit but i think in, in terms of winning a title that being the ceiling i think that they especially with this year where it seems like there's not a dominant team Right, it seems like Gonzaga on its on its night could be beaten. It feels like Duke on its night can be beaten. You know, Kansas definitely. Purdue lost to that.
1: Wisconsin,
0: right? Purdue lost to Wisconsin. Like it, it doesn't feel like there's that team as opposed to last year or the past two years, I should say, where it felt like Baylor and Gonzaga were by far like the best two teams, and then of course Baylor wins that matchup. Um, I, I feel like it's not that year. It's more of a conglomerate of maybe. Uh, kind of a mishmash of five or six teams that are good enough to win a title, um, which will probably make for a better season. But I do think that uh, right now this Baylor team answered a lot of my questions that I had in terms of like continuity, in terms of you know, new faces, um, what the, the, the quote unquote system looks like now, because a lot of the a lot of it the past two years was just kind of individual talent, especially on the wings winning out. Um and kind of how and and just solving or at least uh, answering how they're going to operate this time around
1: yeah so the Iowa State game was was interesting to me because that was a game where it was two great defenses going back and forth and even mm-hmm. though the score was 7772 it felt a lot more tight than mm-hmm. than that as far as like possession by possession goes um but I I really think it just starts and ends with James Akinjo yeah. I've he played amazing. It's Oklahoma. I, I, I skimmed through the game. I, I watched it and then, you know, skipped through like the like dead balls and timeouts and stuff like that. Um, and he just was amazing. 27 points. Uh, it felt like he went three or three from three to start. He missed a couple of late, but he was in complete control. And he's kind of the difference here because early in mm-hmm. the season, if you remember, I was so skeptical of James Akinjo stepping into that role and Adam Flagler started the season kind of rough. He still isn't shooting great, but he's settled in. He had 22 points last night. James Akinjo is kind of where it starts and where it ends for me um, with this team, because he just dictates what they want to do on the ball as, as an offense. So it's like everybody around him, it's like last year you had Butler that could do everything yet. Uh, Mitchell could do everything yet. T who could do everything. And you were just like, all right, we have guys that can isolate. We have guys that can create off the dribble. It's kind of just James Akinjo has taken on all of that responsibility and everybody around him kind of plays off of him. And I don't, obviously, I don't think that's a good thing, but he's so damn good that it doesn't really matter. Like LJ Cryer gets going off of him, you know, uh, Kendall Brown gets going Flagler uh, gets going. I, I do think Flagler, Flagler will continue to improve, but it's just James Akinja right now, man. He is playing at an all big 12 level, or probably an all American level. And if, if he continues to play like this, man, they're really, really tough to beat.
0: Yeah. I, I think, you know, the it's the conversation is naturally starting to happen where it's like, okay, is this better than last year's team? And I get why, because I think that when you look at the the combination of talent and you kind of watch this team play they look more I guess when you're constructing a basketball team this is kind of what you have in mind right yeah. you have a ball handler you have a, a second shot creator in Flagler you have a guy who can d up in uh, Kendall Brown and get you know kind of be a, a one-man fast break if he needs to that glue guy you get a guy like Thamwa Chachua, you get a guy like Flo Thamba who can protect the paint. Thamwa Chachua has actually added, like a, it seems like a, a, a little bit of a mid-range game to him. Um, and then you get Matthew, Meyer, Matthew Mayer as well, who's a stretch, he can handle a little bit, he can play defense, he's not a liability. So like you see the pieces working, right? And so like they may look more like how you would probably assume a starting five or six. Uh, they're bigger
1: than last year for sure.
0: And they're definitely, they're definitely lengthier than last year. So I get why the conversations kind of shifted to that, but here's, I want to pause. They've beaten two teams in the, in conference by five. And even though they beat Oklahoma by 10, that was more of a five to seven point game. If I'm going to be honest um, until late when they had to start fouling and give you know, Oklahoma, uh, I had to start fouling and give them free throws. Yeah. Um, they, they flashed it a little bit against Villanova, but th- there's a, there was a kill switch with that last year's team, right? Yeah. Where this game is close and a switch flips and all of a sudden you're down 30 and it's like, wait, what just happened? Right. You're, they're playing suffocating defense. They're not letting you get a single shot off. They're forcing uh shot clock violations or they're getting out in transition and then they're hitting a three right that, that's how it was it was similar to it was a college version of warriors basketball basically peak warriors basketball where you're just like it's been three minutes and they hit a, they just went on a 14 to nothing run and we have like six turnovers in that span um this is, they're not doing that yet because last year you mentioned it the, the, the three guards and it helps that they play what roughly two to three years together um that three guard rotation Vital on the other end, such a value, such a valuable piece as well. You could do different things, and you could take away take advantage of certain teams different ways. If you take away Butler, Mitchell's gonna go at you. If you take away Mitchell, Teague's gonna go at you, or whatever, right? Um, and then off the bench, they can throw in Flagler. This year, of course, it's gonna be James Akinjo because you know, flagler he's he's good at he's 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 been he's stepped up a level um now that his responsibility is up but it's definitely more it's definitely James Akinjo and I think that's the question mark to me when it comes to this team when it comes to conference where what happens if you face a uh, a Texas who Chris Beard is going to scheme to stop James Akinjo right or Mark Adams at Tech what happens when James Akinjo's is off that's kind of where I'm where I'm really curious to see where this team goes
1: so the, the whole debate of is this year's team better than last year's team, as far as Baylor goes um, a, I think Baylor that last year's Baylor team is always going to be just something that I'll remember. Um, so right, I don't, like that's,
0: that's the thing. It's like, we're looking at that team as like, that's one of the best teams of all time.
1: Yes. Like easily. And so the primary difference between last year's team and this year's team, just on a fundamental level is three point shooting. Yes. This year's team is shooting 36% from three. And that's actually gone up because early in the season they they struggled. So which which by the way
0: is a good percentage. <laughs>
1: yeah. It, it's top 50 in the country. It's top yeah. 50 in the country. Um last year they were number one in the country. And last year they shot 41.3% from three. Like that's just that's five percent better. That's yeah. an incredible percentage. Yeah. 41% from three. And there were games where, like, we've talked about I watched Teague, Teague go eight of nine for three in a game. I've watched mm-hmm. uh, Mitchell. I've watched Butler. I, they just bombarded teams. And then you had Flagler and, and um, Mayer call them off the bench. And obviously they shot a higher percentage last year than this year because they didn't have to do as much. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the main thing for me is this year's team – is not as capable to go back to your point of just bombarding teams and creating that avalanche, that snowstorm because they can't shoot the ball as well as they did last year. They're still a very good shooting team, but they're going to have moments where they just don't can't quite put that knockout punch, right? They're, they're not quite the Mike Tyson yet. They're having to win games kind of a little bit more, more like Floyd Mayweather than, than like a knockout punch type of guy. So um, I will say though, and this is something that I've read and I've heard, listened to a lot of stuff about this kind of debate, the defense this year is better than last year's. Cause last year's exactly. man, we were starting to like, kind of question, like, you know, they're good. Def- they're obviously a good defense last year, but they were, they did have their moments where they would kind of give up these runs and this year's defense is just suffocating. It's really, really good. I believe it's number five in the country right now. Uh, last year it was 22nd in the country. These all are all, these are all according to Kim Palm, uh, so you have a top five defense and you have a top five offense this year. Whereas last year you had just an, an incredible offense and a good defense, a very good defense, but not a great defense. So, you know, that, that's kind of the difference uh, when you just look at this from a fundamental standpoint, but I do agree is it's good. It's not going to look. And I, I do take last year's team over this year's team at this moment, just mm-hmm. because I think of the versatility. And I, I do think Mark Vidal is something we can't forget to mention here, man, because, while Matthew Mayer has been good at the four, I still would rather have him off the bench and Mark Vital at the four on this team. I just think that would just then we'd probably be talking about like a top three defense in the country at that point. So yeah, I mean he's
0: he, yeah his 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 value and his size just like he, he was able to sw- they were able to switch everything because of him, you know. Yeah and and he was able to not be a liability on the post against a drew timmy last year we saw him where he just bodied drew timmy and drew timmy has like five six inches on him right. um and yeah i don't know I, I i agree with that i think that the defense is something to watch because two years ago that same baylor team was a was was probably top five ish I, I believe let me see i think yeah. I have it uh they were fourth in the four, country four. um And their offense stagnated a little bit. So I think last year they probably took a little bit off the defense to maybe put some more when they realized the kind of offensive talent they had. Um, But with that being said, this year's uh, defense is rated higher, ranked lower, right, fifth compared to fourth than the 2021. But they're rated, uh, I believe they're rated a a slight slight percentage point higher. Um, So we'll see if that continues. But I do agree that that's where this team kind of, differentiates where they're longer they have a kendall brown who again his 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 ability to force a one-man fast break and just finish oh like he's the kind of i've seen so many plays now where he's guarding somebody at the top of the key and either gets in the passing lane or rips it off him on ball and with somebody on his hip like finishes through contact like it's i don't know he's gonna get so much better as the year goes along but he's kind of been that glue piece um this year because they didn't that's just something one they didn't need it because they were their guards were so athletic but they just didn't have somebody at that like tweener forward spot that could yeah. like you know just kind of do everything on uh do all the glue work basically
1: yeah i mean look at the three and four last year you would probably say it was t t and yeah. then and vital at the three four right. this year you have brown and mayor at the three mm. four and then you bring in jeremy sohan off the bench and that's another big body that can disrupt things so Defensively, they're they're better, right? Okay. So mm-hmm. we've established that. The when you look at this team, I think Jonathan Chambachatwa and Flo Thamba have been better this year than last year. I think both mm-hmm. of them are continue have improved. I think uh it's really evident with Jonathan Chambachachua. I think he's been really, really good for them. But Flo Thamba as well. Flo Thamba defensively has been better. So that's probably everything I would give um to this year's team, as far as if we're just looking at this, like this year's team compared to that year's team, uh, last year's team, rather. But I think you mentioned, I think we started off well, the killer instinct and I think the hunger that last year's team had was different because in 2020, they didn't have an NCAA tournament. Yeah. And it was a lot of the same players from that team on, on, on the 2021 team. And so as a result, you had experience, you had hunger and you had continuity in a way that this team doesn't have. And so I think at this moment, I can't really see this changing barring this year's team just getting hot from three and finally starting to kill teams. Because if this, if this team gets, starts shooting the ball at like a 38, 39% clip, then we're going to start seeing those mar- margins of victory that you mentioned. Then okay. we're going to start seeing this team just start to blow teams out. But until that happens, I think we're going to be seeing them in a lot of tight games. You know, the, the big 12 is better than last year, the big 12 is the best conference in the country. Like it. Mm-hmm from top to bottom, it's really, really solid. I don't think they have a team outside of the top. Let's see. Kim Palm doesn't have a team outside the top 70 and really Kansas state's at 69, Oklahoma state's at 56. And then everybody else in the top 40, it's like, they're going to be in a battle every single night. So um, I think it's going to be some tight games and that doesn't mean that they're bad. They're the best team in the country right now. And I, I really believe that I don't think there's a team that's better than them. we've seen other teams falter um Gonzaga I, I think Kansas is I think produced good still you've mentioned all these teams but Baylor's the one that you're like all right on an, every night they're top five in both categories they are going they are capable of hitting threes to bury you but just from top to bottom they're they're great so
0: yeah and, and that's not to say <clears throat> excuse me that's not to say that because like Mayer and Flagler are both down from th- their three point shooting last year. Now, granted, that's probably going to happen because they're taking more of the offensive load. They don't—they're not being created for as much. But if they even out a little bit, because like Matthew Mayer shooting thirty one percent from three right now, if he can just get up to thirty five, like their numbers may go up. Right, I'm not going to guarantee it because they're creating more for themselves. But if th- that may go up, and I'm glad you mentioned the Big Twelve because one of the stories that I've been watching this year is. I didn't expect Oklahoma to be this good right now under Porter Mosier. And they looked really good. They're number five in the country right now in effective field goal percentage. Number two in two-point percentage. they 61% from two. And they looked really good at times against Baylor, against a team that, again, is a really good defense. They shot – I believe 75% from two against Baylor, like Ooh. insane. Um, and shout out to your boy, Moja Gibson, uh, who had a really good game. Like he he's fit really well. He averaged, he had five assists in that game and they're, they're having, they're looking a little bit like that Loyola uh, uh, Chicago team where it's like a bunch of ball movement, getting it to the high post. And they, yeah, they frustrated Baylor. And, and of course they had to uh, James Akinjo and Flagler kind of put the game to rest, but, Big 12 is going to be nasty because Oklahoma was one of the teams that was like, okay, they're probably near the bottom and prop. And now it's like, okay, no, they're probably punching into that top five, top six now.
1: Yeah. Um, I will, I will go on record right here and say that I was wrong going into the season. I mean, I didn't expect Baylor to be at this level. Like, sure. I, oh, I yes, I really 1,000%. Yeah. We, we look at our yeah. preseason predictions. We both had them at like 12 and six. And I, I still think like 14 and 4 maybe is probably the most realistic just because I think mm-hmm. they're gonna drop a couple games on if they if they win 15, 16 games in, in this conference, just crown them already because that's hell yep. of a run. So I mean, yeah, I was a couple of games down on them and I've just I didn't think I don't I think even a couple of weeks into the season, I was like, Yeah, this team's probably a top 10 team. Yeah, like I I it was so long until I kind of converted just because I, I still just needed to see them as a unit kind of play like this. And they, they did. And early in the season, to be fair, you know, they beat Arizona state by 12 and I don't think Arizona state's good at all. Uh, VCU, they kind of struggled with VCU is a great defense and you kind of go from there. Uh, but then they had the Villanova win, like we talked about, and now um, they're starting to get into conference plays. So, and at this point it's just about winning games. Again, if you go, if you go 15 and three, 16 and two in this conference, you are going to be number one in the country. So, yep. all right, let's move on. Uh, I watched Houston Temple. I watched the second half of Houston Temple rather, mm-hmm. because I wanted to see this team without Marcus Sasser and Tremont Mark. And Kyler Edwards also didn't play. So I was really mm-hmm. watching a uh, version of Houston that <clears> I didn't <throat> want to watch. Um, so I, I'm, I don't want to go into too much depth about this, but they were just really, really tough to watch on offense um, as expected, but it was a lot of Jamal shed. I think he's now the guy that's going to take it, step in for Sasser, which is tough, but he was taking a couple of shots late. Um, they gave a lot of run to man. Why is his name for going me? Uh, Ramon, Wa- Ramon Walker, Ramon, Ramon Walker yeah. had, had a few shots here. I got the box score up now. Uh, Fabian white, I thought played a great game. Let me see 15 points. Um, 14 rebounds. He was awesome. He's a guy who I could see having to step up, having to be really good. T- mm-hmm. Taze Taze Moore, Uh, how do you say his name? I always never know. Played 38 minutes. I thought he was solid. So again, we saw a really, really condensed version of Houston, but Jamal shed Ramon Walker Taze Moore. Fabian White, Josh Carlton, Reggie Chaney, still a team that is going to win a lot of games. Um, and they should get Kyler Edwards back here. So you had Kyler Edwards to that mix, I think is a team that could probably still win the American.
0: Yeah, I think so too. Um, it's rough because Temple's is not very good right now. And they kind of, you know, they yeah. really struggled to, <laughs> to to kind of find some offense against them. Um, I do wonder if they were lying a little bit too much on the three. Um, because And maybe that's just because they couldn't, you know, find any way inside and they were really struggling to get some stuff inside. Um, yeah, it's a tough spot for Jamal shed cause he really didn't play that much last year. Um, and so like to come in, not only to finally getting some minutes as we've seen him get to the point, but to be kind of the guy for this game, um, you hope Kyler Edwards or, I, I don't know, Fabian White having a great game is a good sign too. Cause he's definitely some guy who has to really kind of kick it up now. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I, I do worry about their ceiling now, especially with Tramon Mark out, because he's kind of like if you tell me at the beginning of the year, okay, that all Marcus says, I assume it's gonna be Tramon Mark, like at that point, right? Kyler Edwards, sure, but I assume it's gonna be Tramon Mark because he's the he was the highly touted recruit coming out of Dickinson. He had a big shot last year. I believe I forgot who was the game winner against. Um, might have been the AAC game or no, I think it was in the tournament. I can't remember. But he was kind of the guy where okay, if he comes back from injury. He's the one that you expect to step up. So losing both of them, that's a rough spot. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll see. Hopefully, as the as season goes along, they can finally smooth some things out. So maybe they can, at least for conference play, right the ship. But this is definitely not, you know, what are they what what are they ranked right now? Um, Ken Baum has him at three. I definitely yeah, don't Kim think. Yeah. Um, I definitely don't think this is the third best team in the country um right now. So uh, but I hope they're I don't know. I at least hope that they can hold on to kind of a ranking now. You know.
1: Yeah. As the season um, goes along, the Americans not it's 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 starting to pick up a bit. So yeah. UCF is a solid team. Cincinnati's a solid team. Um, and SMU to try and transition over there. Uh, to kind of wrap up my point on Houston, do we think do we think they can do we think they can make a Sweet Sixteen with Kyler Edwards? No. I, I it's tough, so they'll probably end up being seated higher than they deserve. Not not right. deserve because the you, you deserve what you do. I don't know why I right. have left? Um, let's say they're a they'll probably be a five seed, probably five yeah. seed or in that range. So they'll have right. to go against a, shoof,
0: a four seed in the second round. Um, let's see, let's see the way too early bracketology <laughs> rankings. <laughs> uh like so they'd be a, they, they're at a four right now they're 12 they're 12th in like, the country right now and so they'd they'd basically be a four or five six i think
1: yeah i probably them a five five I, okay let's say they I mean, play pro-
0: let, let's put it this way you're probably I, i'm gonna this specific bracketology has them with a specific matchup that they'll definitely lose um oh gosh so in the next round they 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 based south dakota state in the first round okay sure fine that's a win.
1: Then they get LSU second round,
0: right? Yeah, that's the um,
1: ugliest game I've ever heard um, in my life.
0: But even, but even even like, okay, say this is still early bracketology. So let's say not specifically LSU. Do you take them over UConn? Do you take them over Iowa? Do you take them over BYU? Those are the caliber of teams that they're basically going to be around, roughly. Um, Wisconsin, Texas Tech, right? Texas Tech, like no, I don't. I you know right now, I don't. yeah, I don't know. This is it's uh, yeah, I don't know. This, this looking at the early bracket projections are really interesting just cuz you could see the caliber of team that can kind of match up against them. Yeah. Um and yeah, I don't see them right now just cuz they're still ranked pretty high cuz they obviously haven't uh played many games without those guys they're missing. So, um I'm just wondering like, okay, well, do they drop to an eight maybe you know i don't know yeah.
1: marcus sasser i mean what he was able to give them from three specifically yeah. is something that they really really needed. like the, the, we were talking about like this team can kind of shoot this year that's the difference mm-hmm. and so now without him it's like a, put, just put so much pressure on everybody else that i'm i am worried i am worried moving forward about them in in the american because i think the americans not not a terrible conference this year well it's not like top heavy which states awful let me just get that out the way right now yeah, they, no, they got smoked by tough. i don't remember who they got smoked by but they lost by 18 at home and so i'm like no they're out um smu though smu and the american mm-hmm. smu could, could win the american question mark uh i watched the, i watched the first half of smu ucf and then i had to go cover an lsu game um and in the first half SMU didn't look great. It was 27 to 24, but SMU was up. And then in the second half, SMU scores 45 points and kind of puts UCF away. And it was a game where Kendrick Davis in the first half did nothing and then ends the game with 28 and eight. And you're just like, okay, this is the guy that can take over a game. and He's still doing what he did last year. He's doing it on a team that has more talent. Zach Nuddles is in the starting lineup, and while he's not putting up great numbers, he's at least a good complement. And then I think the Weathers brothers, those guys, I know Like it's easy for me to say after this UCF game because they put up 19, or Michael put up 19 and Marcus put up 10, 10 and eight. Mm-hmm. So it's easy for me after this game to say this, but like those guys have been awesome off the bench. And if they continue to produce at this level, I mean... I like them over Bander and J.C. personally. Um, J.C.'s Mm -hmm. always been that guy that they just started games. um, And he plays like the first five minutes of each half and then doesn't play the rest of the game. And it's really weird to me. So, uh, but anyways, the weathers have been great. Tristan Clark, I think, has been fine. And so if you have Davis and you get some contributions from those those guys that we've talked about throughout the season and Nuttall and the weathers, this is a team that can really do some damage. It still centers around Davis, but it'll go from there.
0: Yeah, I was watching, uh, I saw a little bit of this game and there was a, a no-look pass that Kendrick Davis had, I think to Tristan Clark, and as he was rolling to the basket, um, Zurich Phelps was getting in the game as well. I was like, okay, there's some, like, there's, you know, one of the key freshmen there. I was like, okay, this is this is interesting. Like, they're really starting to find something here. And as you just mentioned, like, American's good, but it's not like, you know, this death trap. And it, it it's definitely for the taking, Especially now that Houston's out, because there's no, you know, we mentioned no dominant teams kind of in the country. This there's no dominant team in the American right now. I mean, as 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 you mentioned earlier, like Wichita State as a program is kind of down. Uh, Houston, of course, loses their two uh, two of their best players, and so you're looking at SMU, Tulane, Memphis, Memphis again. Memphis, of course, if, if they can ever put it together, but as you know, they just haven't. Um, and so yeah, it's it's kind of for the taking right now. And and if if you can get. A version of Ken, like last year's Kendrick Davis, right? I, I think this is this is something to watch, man. They're because to me, UCF is one of those teams that, and the fact that they beat him by twelve, UCF is one of those teams that I think would be in that conversation. Yes, to like when the American. Yes, and man, I don't know. The, <laughs> this is this is really impressive. This is really interesting, just to, for me to see SMU playing like this against a team that they're theoretically going to be racing within the American conference.
1: It's funny because we were like, before the year, we were just so excited to watch SMU play, and they—they right. they kind of lived up to it. They're 35th in the country in, in offense, mm-hmm. right? Which is great, but they're 159th in tempo. So it's oh, like yeah. they're not right. playing as fast as we wanted them to play. Right. But they're—they're they're scoring the ball. So you can't be mm-hmm. mad at them. Mm-hmm. But I—it's the Americans a conference where 12 and six could win you the con- like 13 and five could win you the conference. 12 and six right. like it's that open at this point. And Houston could hit that. Houston could hit 11 and seven somewhere around there. So. Um, that will be a game that I can't wait for Houston SMU, even though Houston, like we talked about, is a little shorthanded. But um, yeah, that's gonna be fun to watch moving forward for for SMU. Um, to kind of touch on some other games, uh, real quick, don't have to go in too much depth with them. Uh UNT Rice, Rice is just is so bad. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I I, I can't I cannot
1: express to you how disgusting it is to watch rice basketball. I no. I recommend nobody do it. Nobody show up to home games. Nobody should watch that ever again, because it is the it's it, again, I've said it before. It's not like they don't have talent. They are right. They are pretty damn talented to, like just watching them on paper, Travis. He's I mean, they're they probably party.
0: one of the most experienced and like, co- like in terms of like just like who they brought back. They're definitely one of the most like chemist, like cohesive teams theoretically in in the state. Like,
1: it's a team that beat Marshall last year in the in, in, the, in the in the conference tournament, and I'm like, yeah. oh my god, they can do something. And they return all five starters and add Carl Pierre, and they have somehow become a joke. They've somehow become a laughing stock, and I will continue to laugh at them because. They just got destroyed by North Texas. And this is also to praise North Texas.
0: Forty-three For everybody who didn't who didn't know. Yeah. 75
1: to 43. So um, yeah, North Texas is great. I believe they're top 70, 80 in Ken Palm at this point, looking really, really good. They North Texas plays UAB on Thursday. I recommend everybody watching that if you can. Um, that's gonna be a hell of a game between two of the better mid-majors in the entire country. So yeah, UNT is good. Rice is not. Uh, Texas Southern lost to Southern in their conference opener, which was kind of concerning. They, they lost sixty three to fifty.
0: Yeah, we were the, talking about an unbeaten swack over here and a uh, SWAC run from Texas. Put that away. Just drop
1: it right out of the game. Southern looks. Uh, Southern's good though,
0: because I, I actually looked at Southern. No, no like, they, yeah, they're 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 one of the other contenders. Yeah,
1: and and Prairie View plays Southern. I think. I don't know if it's on Thursday, Friday, whenever, but they play soon, so that's mm. interesting to see if PV can take advantage of that. Uh, moving forward, uh, Texas has is two and zero in conference, but they haven't played anybody because West Virginia was without Taz sherman and a bunch of other players, and K State was at eight players as well. I mean, I think they beat K State anyway, so whatever, that doesn't matter. But
0: I had, it was funny. I had somebody uh because I think I think it was uh, Jeff Goodman tweeted out I was like, "Oh, I expect Marcus Carr to kind of step up in conference play." And of course, Marcus Carr goes off against that like skeleton West Virginia squad. And I had somebody in my mention was like, Oh, you're gonna take that? Uh, Cause I I tweeted uh, skeptically, like, I was like, I don't think he's gonna really go off. And so he, he drops 20 against West Virginia because of course they're missing their best player and like another starter. Um, and then I get somebody in my mention was like, Oh, are you gonna take this battle? I was like, No, like I'm like, not not really, man. Like, I don't know. Like, he's he's played fine, like he's <laughs> again his, his my issue with him was more the fit for texas as opposed to him as a player like yeah. um you know he put up he's put up 19 and 20 in uh, uh their first two games so yeah he stepped up but he was also averaging like eight like yeah. it's not hard to step up for where he was.
1: so <laughs> okay uh, yeah and also it helps they've kind of they even outside of the players out for their opponents, they have a really pretty easy start to the big 12. I mean, I did just say the big 12 is a really good conference. And I still believe that, but they don't play Kansas and Baylor. Mm -hmm. Like they don't play either one of them until February 7th. They don't play
0: tech until the first. They don't play tech.
1: Yeah. So their January slate is TCU, Oklahoma state, Kansas state, you know, Iowa state. I think we'll give, I think that's probably the game we need to look at Oklahoma on the 11th, Iowa state on the 15th. If those teams are healthy, Those are the games to watch. And those are the ones we're going to be like, okay, now we can assess this Texas team against a good team, right? We've seen them against Seton Hall. We've seen them against Gonzaga. We haven't seen them against any other good team in the country. But Oklahoma on the 11th, Iowa State on the 15th, and then we have some ways to go until they play Tennessee on the 29th and Tech on the 1st. So I will
0: say I am very interested. That that January 11th game against Oklahoma is going to be interesting because I do think Oklahoma is pretty good this year. Um, And I do wonder how that – Granted, they're good in ways that I think Chris Beard can scheme and stop defensively, but I, I'm curious to see how they handle that type of like ball movement because um, Baylor Baylor couldn't for a long stretch of time. So I'm curious how they do, how Texas does.
1: Um, here's a little story for y'all. It's kind of moving on from there.
0: Oh, okay. uh, Sam oh, yeah.
1: Houston State and UTRGV played basketball on January third. Yes. It was eighty-six to seventy-eight was the final. All right. Mm-hmm. So in Louisiana uh, sports betting is legal and I don't do it very often, but, um, my friends kind of do. And so I told everybody RGV plus eight and a half. Hey man, that's looking pretty good. So, you know, everybody takes it. Everybody listens to me. I say everybody, like it's a lot of people. It's a couple people and uh-huh. Rio grand plus eight and a half. Right. Sam Houston state comes out in the second half and hits seven threes, like in the first, like 10 minutes. And I'm just like, and I'm sorry guys, it's over. It's like, it was a 24 point game, the entire second half. Right. Yeah. So with four minutes left, it's um, oh, I have it on my phone. It was a 26 point game with four minutes left. Mm. I this, this is no joke. It was uh, 82 to 56. All right. With mm-hmm. four minutes left. RGV comes all the way back. Same puts they put in their bench players and RGV comes all the way back, like just stealing the ball. Sam Houston State's an awful free throw shooting team. We talked about this. They're just mm-hmm. bricking, bricking, bricking. And my friends are like, hey, is, is RGV going to do this? Like, it's like a 13-point <laughs> game. It's like a nine-point game. And lo and behold, um, it's 86 to 76. RGV comes down, jacks up a three, misses it. Sam Houston grabs the rebound. RGV player comes and steals it from him, even <laughs> though they have no chance. It's like three seconds left of the game. RGV steals <laughs> right. it from him and puts it in. And covers the eight and a half. I was like, "Oh my god!" Nostradamus, Bruni, over here. I'm just, i have just this is just the, the emotional roller coaster of just being Sam Houston State somehow hitting seven threes, and I'm like, Sam oh. Houston couldn't hit seven threes in an open gym. Right, where they are out here shooting like Savion flags, it's like off the dribble, all this stuff. I'm like, they all right,
0: 14 of 37 in this game. That's nut from three. That's nut. they <laughs> almost 38 like, from
1: three. I'm like, guys, there's nothing you can do about it. You know, right. just tip your hat. And then RGB just storms back in the last four minutes to cover. It's like they, it's like they bet on themselves to cover the <laughs> damn spread. That's what it felt like. So, just oh, hilarious. That's awesome. <laughs> so. All right. Well, let's, let's move on to the, uh, the women uh, don't have too much to talk about because I texted you this last night. The women have been hit hard with COVID. Um, mm-hmm. I have no clue as to why, uh, but uh, just the, there was like five women games a couple of days ago, then three last night. And so um, I was able to watch AM play in person, a and versus LSU. And I actually thought AM was going to win the game. a was in control for three quarters. And then LSU kind of just took it all away and Put Put AM, uh, defeated AM, I think by it was what 8, 10? I don't remember, something like that. Um, so really bad fourth quarter from AM, but you kind of saw what AM was. They are a team that can get hot and they did get hot for stretches. They have really good guards, which we've talked about before, but then they just sometimes look like they can't buy a bucket. And they it was like
0: 75, 66, by the way.
1: Yeah. So um, and then there's times where a guards can't get separation and can't create the shots that they want. And you're like, all right, well, and Sydney Roby gets in foul trouble every single game still. So they're really shallow in the front court. And so LSU, while they're not South Carolina or anything in the front court, they still have some capable forwards. And so, um, yeah, that, it was kind of disappointing. I thought a should have won that game i i didn't have a rooting interest i was just like a&m looked like through three quarters like i was like there's no way lsu wins this game and then they just folded so a a fringe top 25 team right now in the ap poll and i kind of agree with that i'm not sure that they're going to be able to to crack that even the top four in the sec like at this point kentucky Maybe, yeah. lsu uh south carolina and who am i forgetting in that tennessee tennessee and georgia as well so
0: that's going to be a tough year for a uh moving forward yeah, it's a tough tough news for everybody that LSE's kind of turned it around this quickly under Mulkey. So.
1: I don't know what's happened. It's She's crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Um, all right, a couple other results real quick. Uh, Baylor
0: lost to Kansas State. Yeah, man. Um, what are oof. It? I mean, this is what we were afraid of, right? Like, we were kind of afraid of um, <sighs> Queen Egbo getting in foul trouble. That's yeah. exactly what happened. Uh, She only, she was only able to play 17 minutes. And so you're left with uh, almost 30 minutes of Caitlin Bickle. And again, she's a good player, but not somebody who you want to be in your first big off the bench, especially when you need defense and rebounding. Um, And if she's not hitting her threes, which she didn't, I believe she went over. She's kind of a little bit more of a liability out there. Granted, she, she also, she had, and she also was in foul trouble. I think she had four fouls in her minutes. So And and granted, I want to give credit to Kansas State as well. They got to the line a lot, and they put – let me see. I'm trying to think. I have the box right here. Kansas State. Kansas State Smith. – Four fouls. Queen Egg both five fouls. Caitlin Bickle four fouls. They went at those bigs, and they were able to shoot uh, 18 to 24 from the line, Kansas State was.
1: Kansas State – is a top 25 team like i i think they should be ranked at this point i thought yeah. the two losses had been to in uh i don't remember the other one but south carolina was one and the other one was i don't remember but they were both like top 10 teams uh Kansas State looked really solid i only watched the first quarter of this game um and baylor started off the game zero of seven from three and goes down 18 to seven in the first quarter and i like i said i didn't watch the last two quarters so i'm not gonna you know talk too too in depth about them but they end the game six of 20 so they shot six of 13 from three the rest of the game and they still couldn't come back like it, you it's one thing to to get down early but they started hitting shots from three at least um it's just nilissa smith ends the game with 12 points i believe she went 412 from the field um and kansas state played a zone that kind of really bothered baylor and i'm just they're just not as versatile as I want them to be. I want them to be able to win games in different ways. I want them to win games when Nellis Smith plays great. I want them to play game, win games when uh, Lewis Andrews and um, Asbury play great. Like it, it feels like it's a team that can only win games when they're shooting the ball really well. And that's a huge concern. So,
0: yeah, I think that one of the things that they were able to, Kansas State was able to do that I, I think was based more or less the game was they got a uh, uh, Lee, who's their forward. They got her in really good position, basically every single possession, and so she was able to, one, uh, Nellis, when Nelissa Smith wasn't able to like front her or like get a, get a, a good denial of position, she was able to get pretty deep positioning and either force those fouls or get a turnaround or kick it out to somebody. Uh, let me see, I'm trying to find her style line. She finished with 32 points on 11 to 16, and. Yeah, uh 10 rebounds. And she, like I said, she was able and she she shot 13 of those 24 free throws because she was able to just get such good position. And as good of a defender as Melissa Smith is, you get somebody that deep in position and go, go watch this game and go watch the positions that she's getting the ball in. It's like near the line near the center circle, right? Yeah. Like, it, it's a tough position for anybody. And um, it was, they threw her, they threw Melissa Smith at her, they threw Queen Egbo at her, they threw Caitlin Bickle at her. And it was just one of those where you're like, oof, like I, I think last year, and again, I hate comparing this team last year because they're a different team, different coach, but last year the the defense was able to, I think swarm that type of player in the post to where they didn't allow those one-on-one matchups. And this year, because of the the personnel that they have, they really they really couldn't, you know. Um, and so they were she was able to get just those one on one positions in the post. And it's like, I don't care how good you are, bas- at this level, basketball players can win a one on one battle. Um, so yeah. And by the way, the craziest stat I heard is first Kansas State's first win over Baylor since two thousand four. <laughs> that's a long run of dominance right there. Like that's insane. So. That's, a, that's, yeah, crazy, that's it that's yeah i don't know we'll see is that that's a it's insane right that's 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 over it's a, it was a 15 years i don't want to do math again this is this last time every time we try to do math it's long but it's a it's a it's a mess but yeah 2004 man kim mulkey's crazy kim she's Mulkey. insane she's insane
1: that's crazy so. um yeah so it's a it's concerning i'm <sighs> baylor a&m who do we got next let me see i don't i don't know but it's it's uh Last year was such a great year for women's basketball. Um right now it is looking a little uh concerning at the moment. Who does Baylor have next?
0: No, they got TCU coming up. So I mean mm, we'll talk about them in a bit. So <laughs> yeah, we're talking about it right now. Uh well they, got, well they got oh actually sorry, sorry, we're recording this when they get TCU. Um they got TCU later today we're recording this on Wednesday. Who does uh, Texas Baylor that's what I'm looking at? Unless it got canceled because I'm this is what her uh, oh is. yeah, I forgot. Yeah, no, no, you're right, you're right. Oh, um, oh no there it is no it got postponed sorry uh, okay. right now okay so they don't so they got texas next so that's fun so we'll see how that game goes no. uh um i'm trying to think that we'll see obviously we'll see the the implications of that if that gets canceled or postponed or not because like you mentioned the women's are getting the women are getting hit pretty hard with uh COVID cancellations so uh yeah we'll see if that one gets played is is texas the is
1: Texas the only hope we have at like a top at like a Sweet Sixteen
0: or like an Elite Eight? Let let's say. Yeah, I'd say probably right now.
1: Cause I mean, I'm not uh, taking.
0: Granted, Bay, I mean Baylor might be there just because they're Baylor, and the bracket might break right for them. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's still really early to say Baylor's going to lose in the Sweet Sixteen, but it's you know, top... there's pro- there's problems. There's problems. Like I'm not going to act like there's not issues with this team. So this top I, it, top eleven right now right now if we're writing in pen i'd say texas pen right that's the only team i'll put baylor in pencil but not pen what's the what's the what's the phrase i forgot who says it on twitter a uh, sharpie every time somebody wins yeah, sharpie, sharpie so-and-so i forgot who says that I but uh, um but yeah so i'll sharpie texas but i don't know if i'll sharpie baylor yet yeah i'm not i'm not
1: i'm looking at top 11 where yukon's 11 obviously yukon's not hasn't been as great as they usually are but Maryland 10, Texas 9, Michigan 8, Tennessee 7. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. So we'll see. Um, all right, uh, we're going to wrap this up with TCU and SMU women. Uh, I don't know what to make of this result. I don't even want to really talk about it because I, I watched North Texas beat SMU by 30. Yeah. And so I sold in my head SMU immediately after that. And then SMU comes and beats TCU 79 to 53 and my first instinct, like you was to make sure everybody was playing i was like yeah, maybe like
0: you texted me that score and i was like oh was 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 smu or was uh was TCU just playing? Hit hard with covid you know just like what happened here and now everybody was everybody was good <laughs> everybody was i mean it was a late added game right, so right.
1: sure the, the the game planning and such such was probably you know short but it doesn't matter you can't get blown up by 26 points by a smu team that i don't still don't think is like great by any means
0: just play basketball last year man like i, I don't know credit to Toy, i mean let me just say first credit to Doyle wilson for getting this team at least righted to from last year cuz like you know whatever we think about them this year they she basically had a team that was cold from for two years right um and so credit to them but man tcu what i thought i don't know man this is that's a problem like that this this result is a problem because wasn't tcu supposed to play baylor that that was the game they got yes that got yes post-play. yes that was the one that got postponed and so they picked up this one from SMBF. that's right yeah man
1: i'm uh, as as much as i've just said about baylor i mean i think baylor beats the tcu team pretty handily even though i was feeling good about tcu after they beat AM, but now a i a&m yeah. i'm i'm selling too it's like I, the dominoes just aren't aren't adding up here like at the end of the day i might just sell everybody outside of texas like well, you want to know something interesting in about, texas. so
0: we were, we were so concerned with with the tcu missing players do you know that smu didn't have sydney wiggins for this game no no. That's, <laughs> here you go so i'm looking at it right now i was like oh, i was like oh we're sydney wiggins on this box i was like ah she was out so they did that without sydney wiggins so you know you know, I'm
1: also I'm also keeping I'm keeping Texas and North Texas and probably UTEP. Those keeping, are okay. Okay those, okay, those are the three. There's probably another one I'm forgetting, but those are the ones right now. I'm just gonna keep close gonna close to at, my
0: team. Oh, and at,
1: UT Arlington of course. UT Arlington okay, is always, always
0: one I'm keeping. I'm gonna I'm gonna look at. Let me see. I'm really just going to. I'm the gonna cup. keep this. I'm gonna keep SMU. I might buy low on SMU right now. So I'm looking at the schedule. I'm looking at the schedule right now. It's like, I feel like this could, this could turn, maybe turn around, quote unquote, turn around. I'm not thinking, I'm not saying they'll win the conference or anything, but I'm going to buy low doing? on SMB right now. I think I'm going to take a little bit of that. I don't know if I even sold them, but I'm just going to take them. <laughs> right. Are you going to buy a uh, Stephen F. Austin? That's buying ho- I mean, like, they're not down, like, I don't know, they're fine, they're just they're just in a better conference and they're probably not as good as last year. So yeah. I, haven't, I haven't I haven't sold SFA, like you're a long hour.
1: time shareholder in yes. SFA stock, like 2019. Um,
0: it's what it's, it's, it's my they're in my retirement fund, right? I'm yeah. riding the ups and downs, <laughs> <laughs> I'm riding the ups and downs of them. And when I retire, then I'll sell and be like, look. You, uh, it's they may be in a down uh, a little bit of a dip, but you look over, it's like you, you expand the graph and you see like the twenty year difference, yeah, it's and it's like eventually, like, well, yeah, that's that's where I'm at. Really, SFA. still high. Yeah, that's where that's where I'm at with SFA. They beat U T. Oh, come on, they beat UTR. I mean, they haven't played in like a week, but they beat last game they played was uh, UTRG by They beat them by fifteen. So like, come on, they'll be they'll be fine. The
1: the Sequitur they haven't played in a week. I feel like it's just going to apply to like half the teams in the country. I know, right? Me. Yeah. Like, well, they haven't played in a while, but when they did play, they were good. So yeah, this Probably. is this is fun. All right. Um, that's all we have for y'all today. Um, I have to go catch a Kim Mulkey press conference because they play South Carolina tomorrow, and that will be fun. Um, but yeah, that's all we have for y'all today. Uh I'm Matthew Bruni. You can follow me on Twitter at Matthew Bruni underscore, you can follow ish on Twitter at Eshmail R Johnson. Uh you can follow us on Twitter at DCT basketball and uh, texabasketball.com uh, if you're listening on spotify uh, feel free to share send it to a friend uh follow uh if you're listening on apple leave us five star rating and review and yeah i'm looking forward to um north texas uab that's that's the big game to me um on thursday so probably have another podcast up uh friday or saturday and go from there so we thank you all for joining us and we'll talk to y'all later